Welcome to Kingdom and Cocktails. I'm your host, Shay Suter, a 25-year-old in Los Angeles trying to learn how to love God and love people well. It sounds simple, but it turns out there is a bit more to it. I was tired of my conversations in church communities looking different from my conversations over cocktails with friends. And I found a lot of people felt the same way. Can we not bring them together and talk about how to actually navigate life as young adults with kingdom purpose? I think about career, dating, politics, creativity, how to pray, pornography, and more. These are the kinds of real life conversations that could shake up the world if we started talking about them more through a kingdom lens while keeping it completely real. So that's how Kingdom and Cocktails was born. I invite people whose faith I respect and worldviews I can learn from to sit down for a drink kickstart these conversations and of course invite y'all to join. Now if you are looking for hard and fast truth, I'm going to point you away from this podcast and straight to the Bible. That's what the Bible is for. This podcast is a place for honest kingdom questions, fruitful conversations, and just real stories. Spaces like this call for listening, laughter, grace, and a lot of curiosity. So if you're down for that, grab a drink, stay tuned, and hey, maybe you'll end up with some kingdom questions of your own to ask this week. I hope so, because today's conversation is just the start. Today I'm excited to be chatting with Hannah Jirasi. Hannah is a friend of mine who posted a post on Instagram a few weeks ago, and just like the episode says, she accidentally had the post go viral. Hannah shared a bit about her reflection and what she was seeing in the world and in the news and how that overlapped with her faith and her understanding of the Bible, which is exactly what this podcast is all about, and it's also a very gray and messy area. And so Hannah fully experienced that when the post went viral and got much more attention than she anticipated. So I asked her to come on the podcast and share what she has learned walking through getting this attention about putting that out there on the internet, who she turned to, where she got wisdom, and just her perspectives and what she's learned through this. Hannah is a pastor and strategic manager at Fellowship Church. She works in their Center for Racial Reconciliation. She hosts table talks on this topic. Racial reconciliation is a huge focus of the space that she works in, and that's spoken to what she posted as well. So there's a lot of layers to this episode, and I'm so grateful she just opened up and put it out there because I think a lot of us have asked ourselves and each other what it looks like to speak with our platform that we have. No matter where we stand on different issues and what we believe, 
we all have platform and voice uh, that we put out into the world and uh, I'm so grateful Hannah spoke to that today. So along those lines, this is a reminder that this is Hannah's story. This is Hannah's perspective. So we are going to honor that and be thankful she shared that. And you might not agree with everything she says. You might agree with some things she says. And so just a reminder there. Thank you, Hannah, for opening up to us and sharing a bit of your story here. Let's jump into Kingdom Platform. I am so excited to be sitting here with you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Shay. Oh, it is so good to have you. This is our first time meeting, too. We've been, like, Instagram friends slash overlapping community friends. Right, just dancing around each other. But finally, it's real. You are a real human. You exist. So do I. I'm glad. Oh, we can prove it now. Glad to see it. (laughs) Glad to hear it. How was your week? Like, what have you been up to? What do you do during your weeks these days? Yeah, great question. Um, mostly I try to survive and not spend too much time looking at memes, although memes are part of the survival. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's I work, quarantine. It is. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Um, I work at a church, um, which is currently operating entirely online. So I've just been working from home and um, yeah, doing, doing the pastoral things, trying to figure out how to help other people survive while I am doing the same. And yeah. Yeah, and and that's pretty much what my weeks look like. Days kind of blur together, but here we are. It's 2020. Here we are. (laughs) So good. Okay, and we're here. Like, I wanted to chat with you and grab... I literally wanted to grab a cocktail with you. Probably the most (laughs) accurate representation of this podcast. (laughs) You had a a post kind of go viral. And my first thought really was like, I want to grab a drink with this girl and hear what happens. So here we are with our kombucha. Yes. Um, Kingdom and and kombucha. Kingdom and kombucha. I love that. Season two. Just kidding. Hey, I kind of like it. (laughs) But um, I was like, I want to know more about this and I feel like other people will too. But before we even jump into that, can you share a bit about like what you share on social media, how your faith overlaps with that, like... Yeah, totally. For you. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I kind of wrestle with this a lot, actually, like what to put on social media and what not to put on social media, Um, because in general, I trying to have some level of boundaries my therapist told me boundaries are good and so I'm like trying to believe her (laughs) and and be a human who um has boundaries so to some extent I I wrestle with it because I like don't necessarily want the internet to know every single thing about me um and I think there is something really valuable in um having communities and spaces where you can be fully known and fully loved that, you know, someone on the other side of the world doesn't necessarily have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, and having um, just some spaces that are reserved for your home team or, you know, your closest community. So on the one hand, that's a huge priority for me, like trying to figure out what boundaries look like. But then at the same time, and this is why it's a wrestle, I really value integrity um, and, and transparency. And I want my I want my life outside of a screen or outside of a little, you know, one by one box on a feed. I want my life um, off of the internet to be the same as what it looks like on the internet. Um, mm. And, you know, that's that's easier said than done. Or sorry, that's easier for me because I don't have, 
I'm not managing like a brand or right. a certain platform that, you know, represents multiple people. Like my presence on social media is myself. And so when it comes mm-hmm. to integrity, it really matters to me that um, who people experience me to be on the internet is the same it's the same Hannah they would get in person. Um, So all that to say, uh, when it comes to like, yeah, when it comes to considering what I will or will not say um, on a blog or on Facebook or on Instagram or, I mean, that's kind of all I have. I'm not cool enough for a TikTok. So (laughs) when it comes to like what I'll say on the social media platforms that I find myself in, um, a filter that I typically use is would I actually say this in person? Like would Mm. I... Would I say this on a microphone in front of my entire church? Um, Is this something Mm. that I would say to my mom? Is this something that I would say to my grandma? Um, And my grandma is the meme queen. So probably, yeah, probably probably if I'd say say it to her, her. yeah, if I'd say it to her, it's definitely fine um, for the internet. But yeah, so I don't know, but it gets tricky because then at the same time, I'm trying to preserve and protect boundaries and like not... Um, just pay, I'm trying to pay attention to how much access I give people to like speak, to speak back to me after I've said something or shown something on the internet. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it gets kind of tricky, which goes into, of course, the, uh, posts that accidentally went viral. (laughs) Whoops. Um, but yeah, I think in general, like integrity and boundaries are are really the values I'm trying to hold together. And and there's some tension there, but, Mm -hmm. um, those are the things that really guide what I will and will not post. Yeah, that's good. And you thought about it a lot. And there's some like good nuggets in there of what you said, like with the integrity and transparency, you've, I've followed you Mm -hmm. and like seen over these last few months, you've been posting actively with like Mm. what's going on yeah politically what's going on with COVID like what's going on with racial reconciliation in our country like uh when you've sat and been like should I post this Mm. should I not like what has compelled you to post certain things or not post certain things like you mentioned thinking of if you would say it in person Mm -hmm. um but even like talking about those things in person yeah sometimes can be a lot like absolutely where do you feel like you decide what thoughts of yours like what words time with God like has given you to actually put out and post like yeah you sit with that oh it's such a good question um there's a couple other filters that I use, especially oh. when deciding what to like Ooh. reshare. Like if it's somebody else's yeah, content, that's and I'm been like, so big recently, right, right, totally. Um, so the first thing that I usually ask is like, is this actually true? Um, mm-hmm. I think it's so common um, on the internet for things to get posted. Uh, with headlines or captions or, you know, the words on a graphic um, to be really like inflammatory and to um, be written in such a way or designed in such a way to like get a response out of people. And from like a marketing standpoint, I get it. You get paid every time someone clicks on that article, that blog, that like every, you know, the site traffic, like that's money in your pocket. So I understand why you would want to, you know, write something that is going to get more clicks on their Um, side, on their side. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm not paid for clicks at all. (laughs) Wish I was, that would be awesome. Um, but with that in mind, like I, when I found that out, I was like, oh my gosh, I really need to pay attention to the types of sources that I'm getting my information, um, especially in a year where a lot of us are at home all the time and mm-hmm. we can't necessarily just like 
you know, pass the phone across our desk to our coworker and say, hey, did you see this too or whatever? Like we are really doing a lot of this filtering in isolation. Um, So the first filter I looked through is like, is this actually true? Can I trust this source? Like, um, or is this, was this written in a way or spun in a way or twisted in a way that's like actually just trying to um, make a profit versus actually report what's happening um, Mm. or, or point me in a direction of truth um so that's one thing which knocks out a lot of posts there's a lot of things that I'm like well that sounds crazy but I don't want to reshare it because I don't necessarily know that it's true um beyond that um for sure like I said um would I say it in person or not um but when it comes to topics that are heavier um and just you know filled with a lot more nuance and a bit trickier yeah like racial injustice or a pandemic, heaven forbid, or, you know, (laughs) politics and how we're voting and what happened at the debate or what didn't happen at the debate. All of that is, is those conversations are hard to have in person. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do think when it comes to, yeah, when, when it comes to those topics, um, often what I ask myself, whether I am writing something original or sharing somebody else's words, um, I often ask myself like, who is being served by this narrative? Like, Mm. is this narrative um, perpetuating uh, oppression? Is it perpetuating a certain view of a people group of which I'm not a part um, Mm. and I don't get to speak for? Um, Is this, you know, elevating people that have historically been elevated um, Mm. and, you know, at the expense of other groups? Or is this elevating, you know, voices and stories and leadership um, that isn't normally centralized and isn't normally brought to the middle? Um, So I often ask myself that, like, who who benefits from me reposting this? Um, And sometimes the answer to that question is, um, you know, sometimes who would benefit from a post or a share is people who haven't considered another point of view. Like maybe mm-hmm. someone's seeing it and they, this is the first time they're understanding that there's another way of looking at a passage of scripture. There's another way of experiencing a current event. There's another um, there's another story out there. Totally. So sometimes those people are benefited and those people follow me. Like people whose experience looks a lot like mine. Um, so if I can share someone else's story um, from a racial group that isn't mine or um, from a place in the world that isn't mine, then then that benefits them too kind of expand their understanding if that makes sense um but then other times um so that's one group but then the other group I guess other times is um I want to share I want to share stories and elevate voices that aren't commonly elevated or shared um when it when it comes to like mainstream media um and like who who has power in these conversations so um yeah, so that could be like elevating the voices of my brothers and sisters of color on my page when I'm a white woman. And mm-hmm. so how do I like centralize their voices and submit to their leadership really um, and trust that their telling of their story is mm-hmm. um, is worth hearing and worth listening to. Um, but other times it could be, you know, somebody from um, a different faith or somebody who grew up in a very different environment than I did or somebody who's way older than me or way younger than me. So, 
Yeah, so that's another filter. Um, this is probably a longer answer than you wanted, but this first filter. This is, this is, I feel like, what everyone's kind of asking themselves right. these yeah, days. Like, that's we are, true. we're posting more and like mm-hmm. reposting more and seeing content more. So I feel like yeah. everyone's kind of asking themselves these questions. Yeah. And it's yeah. nice to hear someone who I know you've thought about this so mm-hmm. intentionally process it yeah so keep on going oh girl. thank you thank if, you yeah, it sounds like you have one more I think I have one more yes um yeah so first one um is it actually true <laughs> second one who benefits from this being posted mm-hmm. um and that's okay it, it'll be a different person probably each time that benefits and that's okay but I think it's important for us to pay attention to mm-hmm. um what's perpetuated when we post different things um and then the third one is like what um and this is more this is a bit more introspective, um, but I think it's really important that we learn how to ask this question is, mm-hmm. am I willing to have a conversation about this? And um, so that kind of goes to the integrity piece. Like even these even these topics that are harder or heavier um, in person or online, like in any setting, it's hard to talk about systemic racism. It just is. Like in any setting, it's hard to talk about, you know, 211,000 people dying from COVID-19. But when you post something about that, I think it's really important that we learn how to ask, am I willing Am I willing to have a conversation about this? Um, and in a lot of ways, that's how I view social media is if I'm posting something, I'm inviting people to a table to say like, hey, this is this is what I can see from my seat. Um, I invite you to look at this thing, whatever it is um, from mm-hmm. my seat. Um, but if I'm posting it and I'm not willing to interact with you about how you see it, then then it's not actually a conversation. It's just a megaphone. Um, in which case I'm like, oh, I don't, <laughs> I just don't see social media that way. I don't see yeah. it as like a place to just like yell things. I see it as a space to connect with people. Um, so maybe that's a different philosophy. I guess if some people have a philosophy that they just want to tell everyone what they think, great, good for you. That's not how I'm trying to do this thing. I'm like, oh, this is a, this is a space where we can come together and I share parts of my life and you share parts of yours and hopefully to Together we can um, just have a more full and beautiful and complete like vision for the world and and yeah. where we're going. So Ooh, yeah, Hannah, that was so good. Thank that you. question of um, how did you phrase it? That third one. Would I be willing to have a conversation right. about this? Yeah. Would I be willing to have a conversation about it? And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I like post something. Um, this has happened a lot lately, so this is just a moment of transparency. But sometimes I'll post something and then realize, oh, I'm not actually willing. I'm not actually willing to listen to somebody who disagrees. So I'm going to take this down. Mm. Like, because I like part of it is emotional capacity. I don't have the emotional capacity to like argue with a stranger. I just don't. And we'll get into that when we talk about the viral post. Um, But yeah, so sometimes I have to like really check myself and realize I actually don't want to or feel like I shouldn't have to or just currently don't have the capacity to mm-hmm. have a conversation about this. So I'm not actually going to share it on the internet. Um, I'll share it with my small group. I'll share it in a group text with my mom and brother. You know, yeah. I'll share it with a close friend and say, hey, can we talk about this thing that I saw? Yeah. Um, but if I'm not willing to talk about it um, and have a conversation with someone who may have a totally different experience than mine and who doesn't know me, then it's probably not best to 
(laughs) throw that out there. And I also feel like that question challenges us to think about if we've fully investigated and educated ourselves on it first, or are we just like mindlessly posting something to where if someone asked me more information about Hmm. it or any other further conversation about it, would I be prepared to have that? Have I sat with this? Have I looked into this? Have I watched a documentary on it or had a conversation about it? Or am I just reposting it? Because it's cool. Right. Or, or someone told me someone to. someone else did. Yeah. 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 And that's such a good point too. I think um, part of it, part of having that conversation is I think um, that requires a posture of humility and like a willingness to learn something new. Um, and I think it's okay. I think it's okay to, to go into that conversation not knowing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and when do we ever? Right. When do we <laughs> ever? Yeah. We um, ever? But I do think, yeah, I, I think with the self-awareness that like, hey, I don't know everything. Um, I think that can cover a multitude of, um, a multitude of sin by way of like arrogance or like yeah. being too stubborn or too rigid to hear another person's side. Um, so sometimes I'll post things and I don't know a lot about the topic, um, but I'll post it from the posture of like, hey, where can I learn more? Or who can who can share their experience about this mm-hmm. with me? Um, I mean, that's not to say that we shouldn't be working to educate ourselves. For sure, that's very important, especially when we have access to yeah. so much educational material that there really is no excuse for ignorance per Mm -hmm. se but I don't think that we have to walk into every conversation having like broken our back to become a to become an expert on it so yeah so what would you say is the difference between someone like posting online with all of these things everything Mm -hmm. you've said and then someone posting with all these things also through a kingdom lens yeah Mm. oh that's a great question Um, man, I'm thinking of a passage in scripture. I don't know where in scripture it is, which is, um, not a good look for me because I'm a pastor and I went to seminary, but um, wherever the passage is, it's like, whatever's true, whatever's lovely, whatever's pure, whatever's Mm. kind, um, think on such things. I think, um, the kingdom lens that, uh, scripture offers to us, that's just one of many, but I think one of the kingdom lenses that scripture offers us is, uh, kind of to apply that, um, that framework to how we post, like, is it true? Is it lovely? Is it kind? Mm -hmm. Um, is it just, is it merciful? Um, I mean, really any, any fruit of the spirit, if you can, (laughs) if you can apply it to (laughs) what you're about to post, I think you can post it. Like, I think, um, yeah, uh, Beth Moore talks about this a lot, but she, I mean, so does the Bible and so do a lot of other pastors, but I'm specifically thinking of Beth Moore, yes. um, who is the queen. Um, but she often talks about like, look for the fruit. Like if there mm, is, if good. there's fruit, the kingdom is there. Um, scripture tells us where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so if what you're posting will lead to more freedom, whether that's freedom from ignorance, um, freedom from systemic oppression, um, yeah. freedom from isolation, freedom from discouragement whatever it is like where there is freedom God was there and so I think that's a helpful I think that's a helpful lens um as far as like kingdom a kingdom way to look at it like where's the fruit is it lovely is it true yeah (laughs) is it perpetuating freedom or is it just trapping people in in their narratives so I have uh, okay that reminds me of a question I've heard a lot recently and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw at you and it's like it's one that I've been asked and like, I'm like, 
we've I've talked through some great conversations around this, but it's mm. I feel like a big question right now that I've seen um, and heard is um, you are talking, and I feel like you know we believe in like this this idea of justice and mm-hmm. like posting on like posting about what's going on in the world right. and leaning into it through a kingdom lens. Yeah, there is also a camp of Christians who believe that like. Um, we like shouldn't be focusing on that and Hmm. we should like just be elevating God's name, just Hmm. be talking or (laughs) posting about unity or like just be talking about that. Um, Like you go, you work at fellowship, which is where I went like huge focus on racial reconciliation. Um, But there's like different camps of Christianity of what we should be responding here. What, um, what are your thoughts on yeah. on that? Oh, it's a great question. This could be like a whole thing. a whole season <laughs> of Kingdom and Cocktails. Seriously. Um, which maybe there you go. There's it your season in two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's such a good question. I yeah. Where to begin? I think um, I don't think that the call and the pursuit of unity is misguided in and of itself. I Mm. do believe that, um, yeah, I believe unity matters um, Mm -hmm. to the spirit of the living God. And uh, we have just countless examples of that throughout scripture, like Mm -hmm. where, where God was present, um, warring parties or, you know, nations in conflict or families in conflict or communities in conflict um, found unity and reconciliation. So that, I don't think that um, in and of itself, saying, you know, we should be unified. I don't think that's wrong. I think we should be unified. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think the disagreement comes down to uh, what it will take to get to real unity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I fear that there are a number of Christians, more than I think any of us would want to admit, but I fear that there are a number of quest- Christians who um, out of maybe like a a naive optimism, um, are unaware of how far we are from unity and are unaware of what it would actually take to accomplish it. And so I think Mm. out of that place of saying, yes, we need unity. So let's just say we're unified and then we'll be unified. I think it's out of that place that the disagreement is happening. Um, where I'm coming from, I work at an deeply embedded in a multi-ethnic community. Um, So when it comes to something like racial justice, for example, a place where we don't have unity as a nation, um, really as the world, (laughs) we don't have unity. Mm -hmm. Um, When I, uh, yeah, when I think about what it would take to be unified, that is going to require some restorative justice. There are some things that need to be restored to the way that God created them to be. Um, When God created the world um, and set it into motion and enacted this idea of shalom, um, shalom being, um, you know, the things as they ought to be. That's what that word means in Hebrew is like, this is, yeah, the world as it ought to be. We often translate it to peace, but I think it's, you know, tomato, tomato, pieces, things as they ought to be. Uh, But when the, when God created the world um, and he set shalom into motion, um, he gave humanity 
Uh, the first, <laughs> there's two commandments in the beginning. This is such a Bible lesson. I apologize. There's two commandments that are given it. to Adam and Eve. Um, the first one is to be fruitful and multiply, mm-hmm. um, which we don't need to talk about here. <laughs> um, the second one is to um, cultivate the earth, take dominion over the earth, name the animals, take care of this place. Um, and so I think it's actually really interesting. One of my coworkers often says this, um, is that God gave Adam and Eve, and therefore all of humanity. Um, God gave us dominion over the earth, but he didn't give us dominion over one another. Um, He didn't say, okay, you get to control everything, including other humans. Um, And so fast forward, you know, however many years it's been since the garden. um, And we now live in a country where there are systems in place where certain groups of people have dominion over other groups of people. Um, And it's not necessarily obvious. It's pretty subliminal, actually. It's like cooked and baked into our policies and our institutions Um, and, and sometimes it comes out in individual statements or attitudes or sentiments, but for the most part, this is a system we're talking about. Um, so when it comes to racial justice, um, there's something that needs to be restored there, um, because systemically and systematically, which are two different things, but systemically and systematically, there are groups of people who have dominion over others. And so if we're going to get to unity, if we're going to get back to some understanding of peace or shalom or things as they ought to be, things as they were created to be, um, we can't just wave a magic wand and say, oh, well, I, you know, I declared Jesus's name and it made everything better. Um, the name of Jesus does make everything better. Don't get me wrong. But part of what it means to be entrusted to cultivate the earth, um, is to cultivate the systems that we've built, um, and to make sure that they are serving the purpose of flourishing for everyone of God's children. Um, even if they don't look like us and have yeah. a different experience. So yeah, all that to say, mini Genesis lesson for you all to say, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I really don't think that there is a disagreement on the goal. The goal is unity. The goal is peace. Um, I think that the disagreement about the methods to get to the goal really comes down to what we do or do not have exposure to and proximity to. Um, There is no way that I could sit across from any number of my brothers or sisters of color and hear their experiences with systemic injustice um, along the lines of race. There's no way I could look them in the eye and say, oh, well, if I yell unity loud enough, that'll make it better, right? Um, It just won't. Um, And it's a a sweet idea. um, But unfortunately, I think the world is a lot more complicated than that. Um, And so I think it's time for those of us who are white, who love Jesus, um, really to start listening. Um, Mm -hmm. And to start listening if you haven't already been listening, if you have been listening, (laughs) God bless, keep listening. Um, But I think it's time for us to start listening to like, why, why is it so complicated and why is it that we can't just say, you know, Jesus, Jesus, and that's going to fix everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. And that, so everything you just shared, I mean, is such a good perspective because mm-hmm. we have heard this conversation for a lot the last few months, but even for longer than that. And it's often through a worldly lens. Mm. And then it's like when you add on a kingdom lens, there's this 
disagreement or it's a messy conversation. I mean, already is a messy conversation. Add on everyone's own theology and Mm -hmm. lens of Christianity and who Jesus is. And it gets even more messy. Absolutely. And you, you know, can get accused of being ununifying or whatever. And you're like, how do I do this? So I, um, Mm. first of all, so respect you for leaning into Mm. this conversation and like, especially bringing your deep knowledge of the Bible and Mm. like bringing that into it. And I, um, that's just like so powerful to like mm. ignite those conversations and thoughts. Like even as people like disagree and whatever, it's like at least we're starting right to be right. like God. Because if we're not going like God, how do we lean into this? Like then how are we leaning into it? Exactly, just on our own being and yeah, mind. Like no, we yeah. gotta bring God into it. So mm-hmm. I feel like that leads so perfectly into this post like yes. you post a lot like you mm-hmm. you again I think like part of the reason also I like wanted to talk to you is you're not this like huge Instagram famous person right it's really like, don't want to be either no, you're like <laughs> yeah. you're just like, don't follow me <laughs> <laughs> you're like a normal person you're mm-hmm. great you're a friend in community and you but like still what we post is important like right everyone has a platform of some totally kind. um yeah and sometimes you could kind of go viral so right turns out can yeah. <laughs> you share this post and I yes. guess I'm gonna say this could you just share your Instagram handle too in case someone wants yes. to look at it since we're gonna be talking about absolutely. it absolutely share your handle and then yes. share like how you would summarize what the post was yes totally um so my Instagram handle is at I guess that's a given, yeah. <laughs> At <laughs> Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, Jirasi, G-E-R-A-C-I. Um, that's it, just my name. Um, yes, so like Shay said. And the I, post we're talking about is the one that says. Not my Jesus. There we go. Yes. Um, <laughs> if you've already seen it, I'm so sorry, but also you're welcome. Um, yes, like Shay said, I just think this is a helpful disclaimer. I am for sure not an influencer um, at all. I uh, have a public profile because I think I just value integrity and transparency and I'm not trying to hide anything. Um, Not that that's, you know, no knock on people with private profiles, but I'm like, I got nothing to hide. I don't have like a kid that I don't want seen or anything. So yeah, I (laughs) got a public profile. Right. You want a private account. Right. Most people are just like, I don't know. And you're like, I have a secret. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just I thinking that. of like, that I know some people laugh. go private because they're like, oh, I don't want, I don't want just anyone to see totally. my life. And I'm like, nah, totally. whatever. I don't care. Teach their own. Right. Yeah. <laughs> teach their own. So I have a public profile. I have a blog. I don't write. I mean, it, in the pandemic, I don't write super regularly. I used to write weekly and now I'm like just tired. I think we're all very tired. Yeah. <laughs> and so I don't post super often on my blog um, and I don't, because I don't post super often on my blog, I don't post my blog content super frequently on my Instagram. Okay. So when I posted Not My Jesus, I expected my usual, you know, maybe one, sometimes 200 likes, maybe a handful of comments. <laughs> usually the people who actually read my blog, there's like a, there's a faithful dozen or so of them. And it's not really more than a that. A good dozen. A good dozen. Um, my 12 disciples, if you will. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> sorry, mom. I know you're one of them. Um, 
but yeah, usually like there's some amount of like, oh, this was so good. Like keep writing and that's great. But I, I write because I enjoy writing and it's how I process the world. Not because I necessarily like want to be seen or known or anything. Um, and Joe, so just to prove to you that I'm not an influencer, the post before the post that went viral, it's just me and my best friend. And we're just wearing neon wigs. Cause that's what you do in 2020 when your best friend's about to get married, you order those fun neon wigs. I love that you did that. I also ordered a pink neon wig during quarantine. Yeah. We love it. What a hoot. Oh my gosh. What a hoot. Amazon. $12. You're welcome. So your pink Um, wig post got... Uh, not that many likes. Thousands of likes? No, no. not at all. Yeah. Hundreds. hundreds. Maybe a hundred. Yeah. Because that's where I'm usually landing. Mm-hmm. And then the next post, I... So really what, what went into the post, this will be helpful context. Um, it's the day after the Breonna Taylor verdict comes out. Um, and regardless of where you're at politically, regardless of where you're at um, in terms of understanding systemic injustice and police brutality, even if you don't necessarily think that that exists, um, what happened to Breonna Taylor is so tragic. Um, mm-hmm. Like, asleep in her apartment, not not the person that they were looking for mm-hmm. um, and was killed. Yeah. And that is that is so heartbreaking, no matter which angle you're looking at. Um, yeah. And so that verdict comes out about what they did and didn't do um, in terms of holding anybody accountable, um, whether that was, you know, an institution or an individual. Um, and the internet blew up, as the internet does. And um, I was very sad because I have a number of black friends, black coworkers. My pastors are black. Um, and what broke my heart was, oh my gosh, this this could have been any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was it was deeply heartbreaking to me. Um, and then I go to bed, I wake up, I go back to work and, you know, I'm just on my, my lunch break, uh, scroll, you know, you got to have your Instagram lunch break scroll. Uh-huh. And I found myself, um, in the comment section of another pastor's post who had posted something about, um, the verdict and the, their post was just along the lines of like, you know, praying for the family of Breonna Taylor, you know, so sad that this happened, you know, so not not even explicitly really about what the verdict of the case was. Mm -hmm. And this is a pastor that I um, deeply respect. And so I go into their comment section because I'm like, I'm just curious what people are saying. Like the people that follow this person are Christian, presumably it's a pastor. Um, And I'm just curious what people are saying. And I was horrified to see so many people who proclaim to follow and love Jesus um, just responding so, so awfully to what the pastor had said to the case in general. And it just, it broke my heart again. And I felt like, I felt anger, like viscerally. Mm. (laughs) Granted, it'll be helpful to know if you're familiar with the Enneagram, I am an eight on the Enneagram. So anger is the most accessible emotion to me. And usually when I'm feeling angry, I'm actually feeling grief. But in this moment, I was feeling anger, um, and I was just That's so some mad. Yeah, yeah. I was just so mad to see. Really, more than anger, I felt disappointed to see so many people who love the God who said, "Hey, they're gonna know that you love me by how you love one another." Yeah. I was so mad to see those people somehow unable to read the room really um and weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn Mm. um and it made me really upset and so I was like so upset I couldn't focus on work so I sat down I wrote a post and I didn't 
think it would blow up, obviously, um, because the post before it, I'm wearing a purple wig. So that's how you know I didn't think it was going to blow up. So what but was in the content? The content of, of this. The, yeah. So the post is called Not My Jesus, and it's relatively brief. It's a short enough blog post that it fit in an Instagram caption. Um, so I put it all in the caption. And basically I said, um, you know, I look around at other Christians and I, I feel anger by how I see Christians responding to uh, the family of Breonna Taylor. Mm. And um, I cited a couple of examples um, in the Bible where Jesus is responding to painful moments um, and how he responds and basically calling Christians to live like Jesus did, which I think um, in hindsight, I don't really understand what's so controversial about that. Um, it's the greatest commandment. Jesus said that multiple times, um, you know, love God, love neighbor. You know, we mm. all, we love this. We put it on our t-shirts and our mugs and our cross stitches. And so I didn't, I really had no idea. You didn't feel um, like it was controversial? No, not at all. Yeah. What was one of the biblical examples that you yeah. gave in the post? So one of the examples I gave was, um, the woman caught in adultery, for example. So this is a woman who like legally actually had broken the law. Mm -hmm. um, and she was brought before Jesus and these other officials in the Bible. Um, and they basically said like, hey, this woman broke the law. What are you going to do about it, Jesus? Mm -hmm. um, and she had like quite literally like done something wrong. Mm -hmm. um, she was deserving of punishment. Um, but what how Jesus handled that situation was, he um he first of all invited the compassion of those there like there was a crowd there and he said to them like okay if anybody else has never broken a law or done anything wrong then you can stay yeah basically is what basically, he says yeah that's the no ha one. new <laughs> hannah translation yeah. yeah um and none of them that applies to no one so all of them leave so then yeah. he's left alone with this woman we don't even get her name um in the Bible, but um, he's left alone with this woman, and in a one-on-one -on -one context, he—that's when he speaks truth to her and corrects her behavior, um, and but is also so dignifying um, and really sees her where she's at um, and sends her on her way. Um, for sure, having been spoken, he he for sure spoke truth to her, um, but he also embraced her and her story um, and made room for who she was mm -hmm. um, and made room for her circumstances. Um, so that. That was one example. Another example was like Lazarus. Um, easy, low-hanging fruit. Lazarus dies. And even though Jesus goes on to resurrect him, he first weeps with the family and like just makes yeah. room for their grief and like allows them to feel what they were feeling in that moment. So I share a couple of examples like that in the post. And then I say like, um, if, I mean, you can go and read it. It's still there. It's I'm not, not going to take it's it down. It's really <laughs> short too. Yeah. But I basically say like, hey, this is how we ought to live. Um, and anything less than extending compassion and mercy, um, empathy, um, and like peace and love to people, especially in their like most tragic moment, anything less than that is not my Jesus. Like basically that's not the Jesus I know. Yeah. So great, I posted. Great play on words. Yeah. Thank you. So <laughs> you posted this. And what I loved about this post was... And I think, like, the reason I, like, knew I wanted to talk to you right away is that right there so represents even, like, what was on my heart for, like, kingdom and cocktails. Like, yeah. cocktails is representative of, like, just people. The world. Yeah. People <laughs> coming together. Yeah, right? totally. Like, da -da 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 -da. And, like, that can be 
weird or heavy at times for certain people to be like, okay, here's this space of my life, my church part of my life, and here's my, like, everyday world part of my life. And bringing those together can Mm -hmm. be messy. Totally. And then... Literally right here, I was like, wow, here's this great post bringing the two together. Yeah. So admirable, so solid. Love the perspective. Love having this, like, in my life as a Christian. Mm -hmm. Like, so that I'm, like, always trying to not be in a Christian bubble. It's like, you want to be, like, bringing, like, that's the whole point of the gospel is, like, bringing real life together with what the gospel says. Right, right. So you bring the two together. Yeah. You post it. Yeah. (laughs) We got the mess. Right. What, what we happened? run into a mess. So, yeah. Part of what happened was I posted this on a Thursday. So, like, the verdict came out on a Wednesday. I posted this on a Thursday evening. Um, Very off, timely. Yeah. Right. Not expecting it to blow up, I posted it on a Thursday evening. And on Fridays, I, I'm one of the weird people in the world who, like, actually practices Sabbath. Like, fully unplugged. That's, I wonder if that's an eight thing, because my roommate Maybe. also does an absolute full Sabbath. Yes, it's lovely. Yeah. I yeah, enjoy I it so great. much. I don't yeah. think it's weird. I think that's... Thank you. Some people phenomenal. have said it's kind of odd, and I'm like, you know it's one of the Ten Commandments, yeah. right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I Sabbath on Fridays. That's just what works for my work schedule and um, the spaces that I'm in. And so on Fridays, I like fully unplugged from work, not on any kind of social media. My phone is literally just a phone on Fridays and like a calculator, I guess. Like it's still a flashlight and a camera, but like I just unplug and I rest and I worship. a lot of calculations that you need on (laughs) Sabbath day. Um, How much does Jesus love me? Just kidding. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I post it Thursday night and by the time I go to bed on Thursday night, it has gotten more likes than usual, but the response is so overwhelmingly positive. I'm like... Heck yeah. (laughs) Cool. This is really resonating. But by Thursday night, the people who've read it and shared it and commented on it are the people who already follow me. And so they are people that I go to church with, that I work with, that I am friends with um, from home or from my current life, you know. And so by the time I go to bed, it has like a good like 70 comments, which is a lot. That is yeah, so many. Is a lot. <laughs> um, but they're all people saying like, yes, preach it, sister. Amen. Love that. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like this is really resonating. That's great. Yeah. Has more likes than usual. I'm seeing a lot of people sharing it. But I'm like, oh, fabulous. Like this resonates. Maybe other people, it sounds like other people are also disappointed not in who Jesus is, but who they're seeing other Christians to totally, be. Totally, which is yeah. the point of your post. Which was the point of my post. So then I go to bed. I wake up Friday. I, like, sleep in on Sabbath. It's great. Highly recommend. Um, I sleep in. I wake up to, like, maybe, like, eight different texts from friends. Some that I hear from super regularly, some that I don't. The general gist of each of their messages was, like, hey, are you okay? And I was, like, yeah, I'm Sabbathing. <laughs> I'm doing great. Like, what are you? Like, no idea what they're right, talking about. Right, no idea what they're talking about. And so uh, one of my dear friends, Jessica, the one in the wig post, actually, bless her heart, was like, hey, um, it's 11 a.m. and it's up to like 2,500 likes and you're starting to get some pushback in the comments. And I was like, oh, interesting. Well, I'm on Sabbath, so they're going to need to wait. <laughs> like, they're going to need to... Loyal sorry, I am, to Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, loyal to the Sabbath. I need a minute to unplug. Um, and so I was like, well, I guess we'll just kind of see what happens. Um, but, you so know... So did you really not check it all that day? I really didn't check it all that day. So then Saturday... Saturday is where it starts to get kind of wild. 
people just keep sharing it. And I'm realizing overwhelmingly, like if I had to put a percentage to it, it is like a 90% positive response. Like tons of likes. Like by Saturday morning, it's up to like almost 5,000 likes, which is just insane. Yeah, compared to like 100. 100. Yeah. It's insane. So it's up to so many likes. I'm assuming everyone who likes it, likes it. Yeah. Um, There's still tons of positive comments, like overwhelmingly positive comments. I'm starting to get comments from, not starting to, by then I was getting a lot of comments from people that I don't know who were saying like, hey, thank you. Like I couldn't find the words to express this. Yeah. Great. It's getting shared so many times. So we're feeling good about it. We're feeling good. There are in the comments a handful, truly only a handful of threads of any amount of pushback and originally the pushback is like some amount of um hey i agree but or like a yes but Mm. kind of pushback like yes jesus was compassionate but he also told the truth or flipped tables or whatever which is important and that is real um and i definitely don't disagree um and i and i don't think that those people were entirely missing the point um so at first i'm like okay this this feedback's good it's good for me to read this so i start replying to people because i'm like oh like i want to help you you understand to the positive people or the negative um both yeah mostly to the negative people but i was like hey thank you so much for your thoughts um most of my comments were like thank you for your thoughts i think we're on the same page um all i'm advocating for is that for those of us who follow jesus we should love like jesus Regardless okay. of whether or not we agree with people. Those are your responses. Right. Some variation of that I typed in response to all these people. So for the most part, these threads are getting buttoned up. People are saying, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, whatever. Yeah. Um, where things really hit the fan. And I said things. You're welcome. <laughs> um, where things really hit the fan was then Sunday night. So all this started on a Thursday night. By Sunday night, come to find out, it had been shared by... Someone who will not be named, who is very famous, who has several hundred thousand followers, mm-hmm. um, who is, um, who has a podcast and it's, it's not Shay, um, but, uh, <laughs> Sorry, so this, yeah, like, it was me, yeah. just like not this <laughs> um, but this person shared it who has this huge following and regardless of this particular person and the work that they do. And, you know, the type of people that follow them, none of that matters. The point was they shared on their story to hundreds of thousands of people a critique of my post, which had nothing to do with it. Um, so their their critique of the post made it super partisan and it made it about left versus right. And it made it about um, all these things about racial injustice, which all those things matter for sure. Like how we vote mm-hmm. matters. Um, systems of oppression matter deeply um, to me and to very many people. However, the post was like so simply advocating for if you love Jesus your life should look like it so do you feel like your words got twisted twisted? little bit yeah a little bit twisted um and you know whatever I mean I've I'm I'm sure at some point we've all twisted somebody else's words so that's fine where it really bothered me was uh I just believe that people with a plat, people with any size platform, but especially a platform that size, have some amount of responsibility to be truth tellers, 
And it felt a little bit um, violating for someone to say yeah. like, oh, this woman, uh, you know, was saying all these things when I wasn't. And what I actually had said, not only in the post, but in all of my comments um, was public and you could go and read it. Yeah. Um, but th the point of saying that was since she had so many followers, all of a sudden, all these people came over and just like blew it up. So the comment section got a little wild. I eventually turned off comments because I am allowed to set boundaries on my yeah. platform. And at a certain point, this actually is no longer a conversation. And how um, would you like, how would you, obviously you learned so much from this. Right. Like, yes. I mean, we are sitting here learning from you about something that mm. like we probably won't have to deal with, but on like yeah. smaller scales, like are figuring yeah. it out. Like, where do you feel like you recognize this boundary yeah. of like this is turning away from a productive conversation online yeah. Yeah. into something like toxic and not positive like yeah where did that happen for that's you that's a great yeah that's such a good question um I think um my pastor really helped me find the line um my pastor is Albert Tate. If you want to follow somebody who's a hoot on social media and in real life, he's a gem. At Albert Tate, um, <laughs> spelled exactly the way it sounds, he is a gem. Um, but I ended up calling him actually Monday morning after this whole thing blew up, and I was like, "Hi, how do I do this? <laughs> like, um, am I supposed to? Am I supposed to even be doing this? Like, what? How do you? Where is the line? How do you set boundaries? How do I?" Um, how do I pay attention to this? And so I say all that to say I get, I take no credit for the wisdom I'm about to share. It comes straight from the from um, Albert Tate. But he said, first of all, he said it is my responsibility to protect my mental health and my peace. Mm, um, good. And so in a comment space that was all of a sudden turning. You know, at first, like the balance of positive to negative comments was like 90 to 10. Um, but then all of a sudden it swung even closer to just like a 60-40, like 60% positive, 40% negative. But, but at that scale, 40% right. negative is still a lot. When we're Hundreds used, of comments, like, yeah. I'm, we're all used to posts where it's like 100% positive right. comments. People are like, cute shirt, cute top, right. like, great yeah. travel location. Great wig. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah, yeah so totally. That, that's so, still a lot. Like even 90-10 it's still a lot different than it's what still a we're lot. used to. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And, and even though also like the, the pushback or the questions or even like the kind hearted question, cause I got a lot of those like, Hey, what do you mean by, and that's great. I love that. See clarity. Um, but the questions, the pushback and just like the full on like, um, criticism, like all of that came from people. I don't know. Yeah. Like not a single one of those people knows me. Um, and so at a certain point, it's like, all right, you actually do not have a role in my life where you get to tell me who I am. Mm. Um, you don't get that. And I responded to nearly every single comment on that post. And that was like very gracious of me to do. Yeah. I like feel confident saying that. That was gracious. I didn't owe that to anybody. Right. Um, but um, at a certain point, it was like, you obviously are missing 
the point of the post and who I am to come on here and not make this about even the content of the post, but to start to like say things about me, like to call right. me a name. Right. When it's like, no, we're just here talking about love God, love others. Like yeah. that's the conversation that's at this table. Yeah. Um, so in so the mental health, protect the mental health for one. sure. I was like, okay, that's huge. And then the second thing he said too, was he was like, you have to, um, not only is your mental health and your peace your responsibility, but your energy is your responsibility. And mm. this isn't like, this is not a one-time thing. I'm a pastor. I care about racial justice. I will say something about the next time there is like an instance of police brutality and a, and a verdict comes out. Um, I will continue to talk and write and preach about who Jesus was. This isn't a one-time thing. So I got, I, I got to be ready for the long haul yeah, here. It's a marathon. Um, right, exactly. Sprint. It's a marathon. And so if it's I good. spend all of my energy responding to people that might not even be human, they might be bots. We're not sure. <laughs> like if I, if I spend all my energy on that, like, I will have like mismanaged or like stewarded poorly um, so good. my like platform in this area. And so in a lot of ways, really, this is what felt like happened. Um, we were talking earlier about inviting people to a conversation. I invited people to a conversation about what it means to love like Jesus if we love Jesus. If you don't love Jesus... Your ethics are your responsibility. I don't care. Whatever. I mean, I do care. I'm a pastor. I yeah. care. Call me. Um, I'll pray but for you. But yeah, but yeah. different different standards. So I'm not holding any non-believer to a standard right. that I'm holding a believer to. Right. But the table I invited people to was, all right, no matter how much you disagree with someone's lifestyle or choices or political persuasion or whatever you are still called to love them because not only are they your neighbor and we're called to love our neighbor, we're also called to love our enemy. Mm -hmm. So you're just not off the hook at all. Like no matter how much of an enemy somebody is, if you love Jesus, you're called to love that person. That was the table I set and invited people to. And at first people came to that table and were like, yes, let's talk about it. Oh my gosh, it's hard. Thank you. Yay. We're having a great conversation. A lot of good questions were asked um, about how we do that while also speaking truth. That's fabulous. But then when people who were invited to the table got up from the table and walked around my house and -hmm. started commenting on other posts Mm -hmm. um, about other things, like comment on a post about my mom's birthday and say something or comment on a post about this or that, or just like start to make it about uh, what's hanging in my closet. I'm running with this metaphor. What's hanging in my closet or what dishes I have. And it's like, you don't actually, I invited you to this table but you are disrespecting other people at the table, including myself. Yeah. Um, you're making a mess at this table. Um, and I get to decide when we're done here because this is my profile. Ooh, if this yes. matters to you and you want to keep talking about it, you can make your profile public too. <laughs> I had a number of people say like, well, why aren't you talking about this? And I'm like, why aren't you talking about that? <laughs> that doesn't matter to me. So how about you go talk about it? Yes. Um, but yeah, so I think that's really... Um, yeah, that was one of the things that I learned was um, I, it is my responsibility to manage my own peace. Um, and as an eight on the Enneagram, I have a tendency to believe I'm invincible. Mm. Um, so I I like ignore my limits pretty consistently. Um, and so it was important for me to learn like how to recognize, oh, I've hit a limit here. Like if I'm crying all day because of a post that went viral, probably I hit a limit, you know? Or if yeah. I'm like lost my appetite or like not able to sleep like maybe there's a boundary that I walked all over that I should probably go back and protect yeah Um, also like you learned 
you know, for the right. future. Like, you learn for the long haul. Totally. What do you... Okay, so we're also, like, close to the end here. Which, yes. like, makes oh me gosh. feel like I just want to so ask wild. you, like, what is my, you know, final question here yeah. that I'm mulling over. And I think I'm curious what coming out of this, what do you feel like you learned from like the positive side of it for Mm -hmm. the future? And what do you feel like you learned from like the negative feedback for the future? Like nug, like just like a nugget from each one that Mm. is going to carry you into like, I don't know if this exact thing will happen again, but there's so many other (laughs) scenarios. Like as you're talking, this applies to like conversations outside of social media. It applies to a normal social media post that like our normal group of people will see. So like, what do you feel like you learned Mm. from the good that came of it and the hard stuff that came of it? Oh, such a good question. Um, I think I'll start with a negative. Um, That feels like, so we can end on a positive note. (laughs) Um, From the negative... This connects to something I said earlier, but um, yeah, as far as integrity goes, I think what I learned is in a comment section or sitting across a table from someone over coffee or over a cocktail or whatever, whatever it is you drink, um, it really, it really matters that what we post is something we would actually say in real life. Mm. Um, Cause there were, there were a number of comments um, that I just cannot imagine someone actually would have said to my face. Mm. Um, or there were, I've like, it all started because I saw people saying things about Brianna Taylor's family that I can't imagine them ever saying to her family. Yeah. Um, and so that like, I think I did learn a lot about integrity. Like is, is my online presence, like, does it actually match who I am in person? Mm-hmm. Um, even when I'm interacting with somebody that I fundamentally disagree with or, yeah. or that I like really don't like because they said something mean and I would like to say something mean back. But like kind of how I imagine it is like, oh my gosh, if I'm assigned to sit next to them in heaven, like, what am I going to say? Ooh. I don't know theologically if there's assigned seats in heaven, who knows? But, Great. um, Great but if this on. person, yeah, <laughs> if this person loves Jesus and I love Jesus and we'll like be together before him someday and probably not before then, cause they're in, you know, on the other side of the country and we'll never meet, like, um, will I feel, will I feel okay facing them with how I spoke to them yeah. and how I spoke about them? Mm, so that's, that's one thing that came out of the negative was like, man, integrity just really matters and kind of goes to prove my point, um, which is a whole other thing. So we don't need to get into that. <laughs> All these people just came and commented and were so mean. I'm like, you literally walked face first into the point and still missed it, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, from the positive, I, um, I didn't mention this earlier, but I got such an overwhelming um, response that was positive, um, mostly indirect messages from people that I don't know. Mm. Um, there were a lot of comments, um, people saying like, yes and amen, and that's great. And I that was so helpful. Um, but I got a lot, like dozens and dozens of messages from people that I've never met Um that I probably never will meet who reached out and expressed something along the lines of like, I walked away from the church because I have known Christians who are pretty awful Mm. um, or Christians who say they love Jesus, but their life doesn't look like his. Um, And it was really hurtful or I have baggage, I have pain, whatever it is. You know, a number of people were just like, I like, thank you for this reminder that following Jesus is because of the beauty of Jesus, not because of the ugliness of Christians. Mm, And I was like, oh man, it just rocked my world to realize like, 
that that's what we're missing. Like that is what we're missing is when people look at us, they don't see Jesus. Like they see, um, oh, they see a lot of other things and it's not cute. Um, and it's not helpful and it's not kind. Yeah. And if, um, if they had never, if they had never read the Bible, like they wouldn't know who Jesus actually is if they just saw how we treat each other and how we speak of other people and how we respond to current events. Um, uh, so yeah, so that, I mean, it, it almost sounds like those examples were flopped, but that's one thing that came out of the positive is all these people responded yeah. and were like, wow, Jesus actually really is that good. You're right. Like the Jesus we see reflected in certain groups of Christians is not our Jesus. Um, that's not the Jesus we read about in scripture. Um, and on that note, like I didn't say not my Jesus to convey the idea that we can just like cherry pick and decide who Jesus is. Um, but not my Jesus was a reference to like, that is not the God I see revealed in scripture. Yeah. That is not the God I see revealed, um, throughout history. Yeah. Um, it doesn't match. And so I don't know what brand you're working with, um, but this is off brand for my Jesus. So. And that's so hard because yeah. you get to make that distinction of what you meant right now, like with right. me or later, but like on a post, you didn't right. you know to make that. I think there's so, yeah. so many little things like that where you're like, totally. I meant this and there's just no way to communicate that to everyone. Right. Yeah. And in hindsight, had I known that, you know, almost 10,000 people were going to like the post, I probably would have, I probably would have been a little bit more clear in what I meant. Um, but it, when you read it, like that's very much how I write. Like I love a metaphor. I love yeah. like, I love contextualizing scripture for present day. And so, but it is like, you can miss the nuance of it if you don't know so my voice. Yeah. And so, yeah. It's true. Oops. You, you can't, you know, you're not gonna, it's hard. Like that's the exact situation where you're never gonna fully communicate everything you mean in one mm-hmm. post and like, we end up in these situations where we go out right. in faith and right put what God's put on our heart and yeah. he'll do something with it. Oh, please, Lord. <laughs> okay, can yeah. you, uh, my last question. So mm-hmm. something I've loved since starting this podcast, probably even before it with myself, is this idea of kingdom questions. Like mm. questions that we ask ourselves mm. or each other throughout the week that we sit with like through a kingdom lens. So yeah. Around this idea and this concept of like putting out in the world things around what's happening in the world and our conversations with friends and Jesus, like what's a Mm. kingdom question you want to ask or you would encourage other people to ask throughout this week on this topic? Yeah. It could be a question for each other or for God, for ourselves. Mm. Oh, that's such a good question. Okay. I think I have two. Yes. Um, the first one is, this is, this is silly. You know, those bracelets that say WWJD? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm basically going to reframe that. But, um, I, I think the first question is like, if, if Jesus were here right now in 2020 or whatever year it is that you're listening to this episode, (laughs) if he were in you know, my living room, reading this article with me or watching this news segment with me or in this situation, like, how would he respond? Mm. Um, What would Jesus do? I mean, it sounds so cheesy and I'm like trying not to get too evangelical on you. There's a reason it's stuck. There's a reason reason that it works. Yeah. And I think um, 
I think our answer to that question um, is better. Answering that question is best done in community um, mm. because we, I mean, thankfully, we have a lot of access to who Jesus was, not only through scripture, but through, you know, the Holy Spirit. Like we can, we can literally pray and ask like, God, like, how would you respond to this? Like, yeah. But then also as you look through um, specifically the four gospels that we have in the New Testament, like we see Jesus responding to a lot of different types of people and a lot of different types of situations. Um, and the culture is very different. The time is very different. Um, they didn't have iPhones. They didn't have Instagram, you know, yeah. et cetera. But I do think that um, there's a lot we can learn about how to respond to the world and to current events by how we saw Jesus and his disciples and other biblical characters respond. Mm-hmm. So the first question would be, how would Jesus respond? The reason that's important to ask in community is because um, it's important it's important that we don't just read the Bible for ourselves as individuals. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I can read the Bible and interpret it in such a way that serves me and my own agenda and my own life. Um, But if that way of reading it is not also true for somebody who has a very different life than me, then it's not actually the Bible, it's my interpretation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's why it's so important to engage scripture and community. Um, So that would be the first question how would Jesus respond? It's a good one. Yeah. Um, And then I guess the second one is kind of just a different way to ask the first question. But um, as we post things, as we say things, as we listen to things, um, I think it's really important for people of faith to ask ourselves, like, um, if someone never read the Bible never heard a worship song, never stepped foot in a church. And they their only experience of Jesus was how they saw me respond to this thing, whatever this thing is. I mean, it could be like the Super Bowl or it could be, you know, right. a case that on trial, whatever. It could be anything. If someone never encountered Jesus except through how they saw me respond, Ooh. what would they know to be true about him? Ooh. Which is obviously like a huge burden <laughs> so <laughs> right it's a huge burden it's a huge responsibility yeah. I'm like getting and, coffee at starbucks right I'm like, what would they know yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so i don't say that to like make people feel um like the weight of the world is on their shoulders that's not the intent but i do think our I do think our lives have a lot more impact than we realize. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think one of the places that our lives have a lot more impact than we realize is in what we are portraying about what we believe. Um, mm-hmm. Like we don't believe it until we live it. That's yeah. just kind of true for any type of belief. It's not true until it's true like in your body. Um, and so I, yeah, I just encourage anybody listening. Um, yeah, if people only knew about Jesus from what they see in your life, what would they know about him? And so I think good. I would like to ask some of the commenters that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, Next. um, Next. Jesus is Come not a name caller. So yeah, actually sometimes he did call names, but he only ever called names to the people who were perpetuating systems of oppression, which is really interesting. So anyway, Ooh, yeah. a blog post. Coming and that, probably, probably. Yeah. <laughs> also like, that was Jesus. Like, I'm not Jesus. Like, who am I right. to even, like, know how or what to call people out for? Right. Who's exactly. casting the stone here? Exactly. I'm, I got kicked out of casting the stones. Right. Whole yes. Other, exactly. Point. Oh, but, um, okay, I th- I mean, that was such a solid way to end those questions. Mm, thank you. And I feel, um, 
I feel grateful to have sat with you on this. Like, this feels so needed in this time, and I feel so filled. Like, Mm. it can be so, um, like, overwhelming. And it's good to, right, sit with these topics Mm -hmm. in the news and, like, get the accurate information. And um, that's so important. And then it's also, I mean just as, if not more important, to be like, as a Christian, yeah, armored up in who Jesus is, right? what does it look like for me to lean mm-hmm. into this? How do I do that with the Holy Spirit in yeah. me? And like, it can be hard to find like resources or like right. ways to like do that, mm-hmm. um, to like sit by ourselves and interpret like the Bible and how mm-hmm. we're supposed to do that. So I think all around, like, I have felt that. I think, like, mm-hmm. communities have felt that of, like, how yeah. do I bring Jesus into these hard conversations yeah. when I post about it, when I talk about it, when yeah. I read it. So mm. thank you for metaphorically yes. sitting at the table. Well, I guess we're actually sitting at a table, too. Perfect, yes. cocktails, all the things. <laughs> um, and we'll put those questions in, like, you know, little description section. Love it. I think that's, like, probably, like, one of the main key of a chat like this is, like, yeah. what we do with it. Right. After and right. how it, you know, uh, pours into our week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, to close out, I have some fun rapid-fire questions. Yes. Can't wait. Answer in just one or two words. Great. Give us a little taste of Hannah. Okay. Okay? So, first... We're all talking about social media. What's your favorite Instagram account that you follow? Oh, man. Such a good question. Probably right now, the first one that comes to mind is a pastor in New York that I really love um, who doesn't know I exist, and that's okay, but his name is Rich Viotas. Okay. So his handle is R-I-C-H-V-I-L-L-O-D-A-S, Rich Viotas. Um, but he just drops some nuggets. Like, he is so wise and wonderful and really, I think, interacts with um, culture and current events um, from a like a position of like authority in the church mm. um, really, really well and with a lot yeah. of wisdom. So. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Just keeping the resources coming. Yeah. <laughs> okay, where do you like to go to spend quiet time with God? Mm. Another great question. Um, when it's accessible and I have time for it, the mountains. Mm. Um, I'm from the Northwest originally, so it just feels like homey and the air is cleaner in the mountains usually. And yes. um, I definitely experience God in nature. Um, but if I don't have time to like drive to Yosemite, um, honestly, just like in a, on a comfy couch, like mm. comfy couch and a good cup of coffee and a good pen and a, a pen. journal. Pens matter. You Pens know? are good. You need yeah. to find your, yeah. your pen. Yeah. The pen. I really do. That's, that'll be my next project. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you would have one. You must have a couple that are like. I have a couple. Yeah. To. We're still, they we're still in the research better. phase. Yeah. yeah. The grip and the <laughs> ink, all <Yeah>. things. <laughs> Okay, what is a book that you recommend right now? Yes. Man, these are great questions. Um, We're just getting all the good stuff yeah, before yeah. we leave. Oh, man, there's so many. I love reading, so there's so many good books um, that I recommend. Um, I'm going to give you two. Yes. You're welcome. Maybe sorry. Depends on if you like to read or not. Um, the book that made me finally start to Sabbath um, is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry mm-hmm. by John Mark Comer. So good. Pastor in Portland, big fan of him. Um, and I was like, if this mega church pastor with three kids that lives in an urban setting 
can take a 24-hour Sabbath every week, then I can take a 24-hour Sabbath every week. Um, but yeah, I love his work. So that one's super good. And then the second one, just really timely for um, everything going on in the world and it being an election year, um, is a book by Eugene Cho, a pastor from Seattle called Thou Shalt Not Be a Jerk. Ooh. And it's really like the Ten Commandments of how to engage in politics as a Christian. Like, Ooh. and thou shalt not be a jerk. Uh, tells you, yeah, basically where he's going with it. It's like yeah. kind of regardless of how you vote, here's how to interact around it. Um, yeah. And that actually, that book was super helpful to me when my post blew up. So thank you, Eugene, if you're listening. <laughs> but we'll send yeah. it to Eugene. Right. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, those are good. Um, I have heard of the first, but not Eugene's. Yes. And he, I've heard him speak at fellowships. So yes, I he's so like great. Would... It just came out this year. So, okay. yeah, pretty recent. Great year. It's not a book. Bad right. <laughs> great, great marketing. <laughs> okay, um, very COVID friendly question. If you could travel anywhere right now, Oof. where would you go? Mm, great question. I think I'd want to go somewhere that has like real autumn vibes. Um, we're recording this from Southern California and it was like 95 degrees today in October. And that just feels wrong, um, in my Northwest heart. So probably like, probably like New York city or Mm. Boston or somewhere I could get some like red leaves in a sweater. That feels great. Yeah. I would do that. Oh, love it. (laughs) That question I knew was going to just get me excited and sad that we're not going. (laughs) Oh, Hannah, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Cheers and amen. Thank you for grabbing a drink with us today. These kingdom questions and conversations with community always push me to keep learning more and more about how to love God and love people well. So thank you. And best of all, this is just the start. So this is where I'm supposed to say that if you know someone who you think might enjoy this conversation too, send it their way or leave a review. Most importantly, think about your own kingdom questions you have stirring in you to ask this week and go for it. Ask them, maybe over a cocktail. And when you come up with them, let me know. I'm on Instagram at Suter, and I would love to hear what kingdom questions you are chatting about this week. Until next time, cheers and amen. Thank you for joining Kingdom and Cocktails today.